0: Alright, let's go ahead and get started. How's everyone doing? <laughs> all right, this is um I'm not gonna lie, this is probably gonna be a smaller message, but you know, it's a good message just like we might be a small group of people tonight, but we're a good powerful group of people. So so uh we'll we'll just go ahead and get into it. Um so as you all know, mom's on vacation. I guess you could call it vacation, the weekend. I didn't know this. Uh until I got to my mom's house this afternoon because I usually write up all my stuff in a notebook and then I'll put it on a computer and organize it how I want to. And I didn't know that my mom took her laptop because she was gone and that her computer at home doesn't work because she's the one with the printer. I don't have a printer. So we're going old school, just pen and paper, you guys, okay? Awesome. This is my my party tonight, right? Okay, so tonight we're going to be looking at altar stones. Y'all know what altar stones are? Maybe, maybe not. Well, you will after tonight. Um, So, as always, we should probably just start the best place you can, which is the Bible, right? So we're going to go ahead and, um, if you've got your Bibles, you can follow along with me. Otherwise, listen intently. We're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 27 and Joshua chapter 8. Those are going to be our two verses we're looking at tonight. Um, We'll just get right into it. Chapter 27. Um, verses 1 through 8. Then Moses and the elders of Israel charged all the people as follows. Keep the entire commandment that I am commanding you today. On the day that you cross over the Jordan into the land that the Lord your God is giving you, you 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 shall set up large stones and cover them with plaster. You shall write on them all the words of this law when you have crossed over to enter the land that the Lord your God is giving you, a land flowing with milk and honey as the Lord The God of your ancestors promised you. So when you have crossed over the Jordan, you shall set up these stones about which I am commanding you today on Mount Ebal. Remember that Mount Ebal It's important. And you shall cover them with plaster and you shall build an altar there to the Lord your God, an altar of stones on which you have not used an iron tool. You must build the altar of the Lord your God of unhewn stones, then offer up burnt offerings onto it to the Lord your God, making sacrifices of well-being and eat them there, rejoicing before the Lord your God. You shall write on these stones all the words of this law very clearly, all right? We're going to real quick switch to Joshua chapter 8. Just gonna go, we're going to get these out of the way now so we don't have to worry about them later, okay? <laughs> chapter, Joshua chapter 8, verses 30 and 32. Then Joshua built on Mount Ebal an altar to the Lord of God of, God of Israel. Just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the Israelites, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of unhewn stones on which no iron tool has been used. And then they offered on it burnt offerings to the Lord and sacrificed offerings of well-being. And there, in the presence of the Israelites, Joshua wrote on the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he had written. So, we have Moses. He says, hey, go over to the across Jordan into the land flowing of milk and honey and on this mountain I want you to build an altar of stones right we skip ahead to Joshua he goes to Mount Ebal and he does that right what's really cool is that in between Deuteronomy chapter 27 and Joshua chapter 8 is a whole stretch of time probably years because if you don't remember or know Joshua is the one who actually brought the Israelites into the promised land so we know the the story Um, you know, God rescues his people from, uh, Pharaoh, right? And they, they travel from Egypt into the wilderness, spend 40 years in the wilderness before they can go into the promised land, right? And Moses was, uh, Moses was a servant of the Lord and he was the one who led all the people on behalf of God. But when he got to the promised land, he wasn't actually allowed into the promised land for various reasons, which is a whole nother sermon, right? Um, so instead, his protege, his, uh, one of his, um, his underlings, Joshua, was the one who actually got the honor, I guess, of leading the Israelites into the promised land, right? And so this is really cool because you have Moses kind of giving almost a promise or a prophetic word on God saying, Hey, you're going to get to this mountain on the other side of the Jordan in the promised land, and you're going to build this altar to the Lord, and you're going to write upon it the laws I have given you. And now, this isn't what just like, going to cross the Jordan. Oh, there's the mountain. You know, we'll real quick do that, and then we'll deal with the Canaanites, right? Joshua set up these altar stones after he's already defeated three cities, Jericho, um, Acon, I believe it is, and then the city with of the king of Ai, king, king Ai, Ai. Um, and so the story right up leading to this is God's talking to Joshua saying, hey, You've got one more king left, and then, you get then we're going to get to the mountain uh, that I've been promising you this whole time. You're going to go and do these certain things, set off some guys over here on the west, bring around some other guys on the other side of the city from the north. We're going to attack. You're going to stand on this side of the valley, and he does all these things. The king comes down and says, oh, what's going on? There's an army amassing. I better go out there. Gets flanked, gets defeated. Joshua wins the day. Israel takes the city. And they're starting to make a name for themselves in the Promised Land, because in order to go through the Promised Land, they have to defeat all these giants and cities, and you know the regular story, right? So right after they defeat the king, look where they are. Mount Ebal puts the altar stones up on the top, does everything he's been told to do, and um, we see the fulfillment of a promise that has taken probably decades of time to accomplish. Um, This is really cool because this happens in our lives all the time. We don't even know it, right? The purpose of these altar stones were really twofold. Whenever they would set up an altar stone there, they would write down the law and they would start, it would become a holy place, a place where they can do the sacrifices and the reading of the law. But most important is when you go back to those. It wasn't just like, we're gonna do it once, move on. It's uh, something that people will pilgrimage to all the time. Um, And it was a place of reminder. Um, to remind Israel and the people who would come to those altars of what had happened, you know? So if you go, really, really quick, fun fact, in I think the 80s, a bunch of archaeologists actually found this altar on Mount Ebal, yeah, um, underneath a bunch of ruins and stuff. They're like, oh, this. these aren't stones that have been marked with tools, but they're set up in a way that looks ceremonial. This must be this altar. So you can actually, I don't know if you legally can actually go and Visit this altar, but it is physically there, and so it's a reminder of this altar was placed here because God promised us um, this land, and this is going to be a monument to that promise. Not only that, but it's proof of a fulfillment because God said He was going to do this way before we even got here, and now this is this is Him saying we did it. Now, and every time you get there, you're reminded of that, right? So it's a reminder of what uh, happened with Israel. And it's also a reminder of who did it. Um, It wasn't Joshua who won the day. It wasn't the Israelites. It wasn't the army. It was God. Because God said, do these things, and this is going to happen, right? And so Joshua did it. They win. Credit goes to God. And so these altar stones um, are something that I really enjoy because they're they're reminders of of God's faithfulness in our lives. They're a reminder of the faithfulness in um, Jewish tradition. You have altar stones all over the place, Um, but we don't live in old-time Egypt or Israel, right? So kind of have to put it on a contemporary context. So um, I look at altar stones as ways of looking at the past in order to go forward into the future. Um, I really felt called to talk about this this week because I'm going through a transition, which I talked about a little bit earlier. Um, I decided I'm tired of kind of stagnating. I want to push myself forward and go on and meet some new challenges so that I can grow, right? But challenges are challenging. <laughs> they're they're really challenging. Would how many of you all have a challenge, whether big or small, in your life right now that just feels really, really hard to overcome? Um, that's the power of these altar stones, in my opinion. Uh, I've, um, every time I meet a challenge that I'm just like, how in the world am I supposed to do this? How in the world am I supposed to raise up $40,000 to go to school? How am I supposed to uh, muster up the courage to speak in front of 20, let alone 100 people? How am I supposed to, do, you know, yada, 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 all these things? There's always a challenge in our lives, but thankfully... Um, I've grown up knowing God. I've grown up, um, experiencing, um, his power in my life, and I have hundreds of instances that I can remember of when God has been faithful in my life, and those are my altar stones, right? Um, for example, I'm looking to go back to school, try and get my master's degree, and it's really frightening because, uh, just this past week, I put in my two weeks notice at my job, and, now it's been a week so in one more week I'm going to be unemployed I'm going to be living off of savings and um, I'm, I want to have a place to live in September so I have to think about that on top of trying to find a new job on top of what degree am I going to get on top of how am I going to pay for it all these other things but I just have this amazing peace in my heart that God is going to be faithful because he's done it before I went and got my undergrad degree a year ago. I finally graduated, and um, it took me four schools and probably seven years to finally get my undergrad degree after I graduated high school. It was ridiculous, but God remained faithful. Um, I mean, I still have like student debt and things like that, but God has been um, grinding in me that, hey, That doesn't matter if it's my will it's my bill kind of a thing you know and so i i hang on to those those promises and those those altar stones in my life of hey i never thought i was going to go to school again and now i have a degree and i got to go to amazing places for my study abroad i get to look at those and be like that's happened before it can happen again you know god is a is a faithful god um i have other other challenges i mean every once in a while i'll get in those ruts of just, like, a faith crisis where I'm like, is God even real? Like, what am I doing? Like, I see all this horrible, you know, just this darkness in this world, and I'm dealing with all kinds of people who are just so negative, and now I'm dealing with reading in my textbooks like, well, maybe Adam and Eve never really existed, or, you know, just all these things that challenge what I believe, right? And I have to go back and remind myself of, but what about that time when... I was in YWAM, and I was able to give a prophetic word to this kid about uh, the lamppost from Narnia, which I thought was ridiculous. I was only doing it because I didn't say anything for half an hour, and I felt like I needed to. And he comes up to me afterwards and goes, hey, thanks, man. Uh, God always talks to me in dreams. And last night, he, um, I dreamt about the lamppost in Narnia, but I had no idea what it meant. And so I really appreciate you explaining for that for me. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, Wait. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> what? Because it's those kind of moments where I'm just like, you can't explain anything. Um, you can't explain that except for God. You know, God being in that situation. The, the chances of me saying, hey, lamppost from Narnia and him saying, I had a dream about the lamppost in Narnia are so infinitesimally big that it's n- you can't even consider it. Like, it's, y- it those are my altar stones, my personal altar stones that I have. And so tonight, I want to encourage all of you guys to start thinking about what are my altar stones? Because many of us raised our hand tonight of challenges we've gone through, right? Um, And sometimes the best way forward is to look back at where we've been. You guys heard of StrengthsFinder, the the personality test? One of my strengths is context. One of my top five is context. And basically the way they explain it is that if I'm in a car trying to drive forward, I'm the kind of person – who always checks my rearview mirror to see where I've been because if from where I've been it determines where I am now right and so when I look back at all the times where God has done something amazing in my life where I've set up an altar stone of of a time when God said he was going to do something even if it takes years later it's fulfilled and and I'm like wow God you were you were amazing a lot of those times are when I'm like on my missions trips like when I was in YOM. I have I've So many memories, right? I think about those times because those, are the, those times are the reasons that I'm here. The only reason I'm here today with a degree is because of everything that I've experienced in the past. And those experiences are still shaping me and will shape me into the future, yeah. right? And so I can't, it helps me, it helps encourages me when I'm faced with challenges. And they'll help you when you're faced in challenges. Um, I look at it as kind of like trust falls you ever done a trust fall before? The first time's really hard, uh, for most people anyway, because um, you don't know what's gonna happen. Like, I could fall, they could be not paying attention, they could sneeze at the wrong time and not catch me, and I'm gonna hit my head, I'm gonna hurt myself. But um, once, you do it, once you do it the first time, you're like, oh, okay, that wasn't that bad, maybe I could do it again. It's still kinda scary, but you're like, well, they did it before, I can trust them again, you start building up trust. When you set up these altar stones, you start setting up a, a trust with God, and it becomes easier and easier and easier to not only trust in Him and step out in faith, but to overcome challenges, because you can start seeing um, the f- like you can start seeing further down the line than your immediate circumstances. Sure, the mountain's really tall, but on the other side is the city that he's bringing me to, where I can finally get shelter and rest in, and live peacefully, right? Um, you can start anticipating those because that's what happened at that mountain. Had to cross that one, but there was a city down there. Why wouldn't there be one here? If God says he's faithful and will always be faithful and he has been faithful, then he will still be faithful. That's just kind of logical, right? Um, and so these altar stones are so great. uh not only just because they can help you, but it it's can be encouraging to other people. Some of my favorite memories are p- stories of other people and how God have, has worked in their lives. Like I remember I just came back from YOM, and um, I was visiting a friend of mine and his family, and I was like, I was only like 20 at the time, and um, he was like 19, and we were sitting around the campfire, and his mom was out there. We were playing guitar or worshiping or doing something kind of churchy. I don't remember what it was. And we just kind of really felt like we were in the spirit, and then we were starting to, like, pray for each other. And the mom goes, hey, is it is it cool if you guys pray for a 40-year-old mom? I mean, I'm kind of going through some other stuff. We're like, yeah, let's do it. And so I I told her something. I was like, uh, have you ever heard of a spider? Th- I was thinking of something that I did in YWAM. And I told her, like, spiders are cool, kind of, <laughs> uh, in this particular uh analogy they're cool because they'll create a web that catches things but a lot but it requires flies and bugs to actually go like hey what's that a web and they get stuck right (laughs) and so um what they'll do is they'll set up in an area some spiders will set up in an area that is really windy or stormy a lot of times and it'll be really hard for the spider when these storms come in like just gusting winds you're like how are they w- how would the web survive? You know, they spent all this time creating this, this house and this way of getting food. And then they're getting blown around. They're hanging, they're hanging by a little silk thread um, for their dear life while hoping that the wind doesn't blow them away. And it's really hard at the moment. But as soon as the storm passes, they climb back up, and their web is full of bugs mm-hmm. and full of food that was just blown in there. And I told her this was like, this I feel like that's kind of what you're going through right now. And she's like, okay, thanks. Didn't really get anything from it. And then about three or four years later, that mom come up, comes up to me and goes, "Hey, so I just wanted to thank you that I've every time I've been going through a hard time, I remember that word you gave me, and it's helped me get through a lot of problems." And I'm just like, awesome. Yeah. That's great, you know. And that's this an altar stone for me as well as for her. It's a it's a promise she can hang on to, and a promise that keeps being fulfilled every day and every. Every crisis and event that they have, and their family has been doing better than ever, as far as I know um but uh, altar stones are interesting because there's there's kind of there's two parts, and I've been kind of talking about it um a little bit there's the promise and then there's the fulfillment of the promise. A lot of the times we have the promise that hasn't been quite fulfilled yet, but these altar stones are something we can also look forward to. With Joshua and the Israelites, they had the promise that they were going to get onto the other side of Jordan. They were going to live in the promised land, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they hung on to that, and it took them years, but eventually it came, and now it's, it's some place that we can go visit thousands of years later and remember this amazing moment in time, right? Um, and so what I'm encouraging you guys tonight to do is to start – really paying attention to what God has been doing in your life. Um, As many of you know, myself, Mom, Carla, one of our big things here at Supper Club, our DNA is like the prophetic, right? We love it when Brian Fenimore comes and he just starts like, oh, you in the back, yeah, God's doing this in your life, let's pray about it, boom, continue on. You know, like it's no big deal. We love the prophetic. And I always look at the prophetic as that foundation of an altar. You know, it's the foundation of a promise that God has given you or is giving you and will be fulfilled in the future so that you can go and do amazing things. Um, and so one thing that I try and do, I'm kind of bad at it, but I'll if I get a prophetic word, I'll try and record it, and I'll, or I'll try and write it down. My sister is really good at journaling, and so if she has an amazing encounter at McDonald's, which she does all the time because shes that's one of her, like, ministry areas, she'll just go hang out there and talk to the people, um, She'll journal about it every night, you know, so that she can go back in the future and say, like, wow, I really feel low. I feel like I haven't been, you know, spiritual enough or that I haven't been doing enough in my community to make a difference. She can go back and read those journals about the time that she got to talk with the manager be like, hey, can I just, like, sit outside and play my guitar and have, like, a little worship service? And the manager goes, no, you can do that inside where everyone can hear you. And so, I. I don't know if she's done it yet or if f- or if she's going to do it in the future but she's going to bring some of her friends she's going to have her guitar and they're just going to play worship music in the mcdonald's off of Wolfensburger. which is crazy you know um and so she can write those things down for those times when man i don't really feel like worshiping tonight or that god's going to do anything or you know that i'm loved she can look back at those times where it's like well it's not really true because god's loved you this time and you know, he is forever, he is eternal, so he still loves you today and will love you tomorrow. Um, and so it's really important to, like, write down those things, to, to record those, uh, simple practical uh, trick of yours, a trick of mine. Um, this is going to sound a little racist, but just bear with me for a second. Uh, Koreans crack me up. Um, in the I've been to a lot of, like, mission conferences whenever I've done all my missions work, and there's always that group of Koreans, uh, South Koreans that come. And they crack me up because the moment you tell them like, hey, I just want to tell you something I think God wants to lay on your life. They've got cam recorder they've got recorders coming out of every pocket and they've got all their friends like, oh, yeah, what are you going to say? Let me write that down, you know, because they're all about recording what God has been doing in their lives. And it's just so funny because you won't speak their language, they won't speak your language you be like, I'm going to pray for you, and then the translator says it, and they're like, yes, I'll translate this later. Just tell me now, because I want this. Um, yeah, and it's really cool, and it's important to write those down so that we can look and see, like, wow, I'm in this position right now. Sure, there's a challenge in front of me, but where I'm at now is a fulfillment of a promise I received a year ago, two years ago, five years ago. I mean, the fact that I'm able to stand up in front of you guys today with a degree saying I can go on to get my master's is because of a promise that God fulfilled five, six years ago. I don't even remember. Probably when I was like 21 and I'm 28 now. So 27 years or seven years that I've been kind of, you know, this journey has taken me. But I have, a, I have a degree. I'm looking to go into seminary and it's been something I wanted to do all my life, really. Ever since uh, I can remember, I have like, wow, fact that my mom wrote a paper about this weird, th- this weird, obscure thing in, in, uh, at her, s- at her seminary class, that's all I want to do right now, you know, and so I'm, I'm not quite there yet, but I've seen all the steps I've taken. I've, I can go back and I can take a little mini memory pilgrimage back to all the uh, altar stones I've set up that have brought me to this place now, you know, and it's just really great, Um, and so tonight, I'm going to end just a little bit early because I want to Make sure that there's enough time for everyone. As we're eating tonight, it's always fun as a community and as the Supper Club, kind of give it a, a practical homework sort of lesson here, is to celebrate e- what God has done in each of our lives. Uh, we kind of do it already, you know, with praise reports. Um, I love it whenever Ed's here um, because he is a living, breathing altar stone himself, you know, of what God can do in in our, in our lives. And so tonight, um, as we're eating if, if you feel led to just maybe like, hey, here's something that God has done in my life, whether recently or something that's happened in the past. That, that uh, YWAM prophetic thing happened to me six years ago, and I still talk about it like it happened yesterday because it still blows my mind. Um, and so just as we're eating, we'll have some fun community and fellowship and uh, just really celebrate each other and what God's done so that we can help us move forward into the future because... We never know what's around the corner, and it can be kind of scary, but uh, it's going to be okay. So, all right, cool. All right, I'll pray, and then we can eat. So, okay, thank you, Uh, dear Lord. Thank you for this evening. Uh, Thank you that we can be here together, even though it's a little rainy. Um, It's been good weather most of the week. Um, Please bless this food to our body, our our time of fellowship, um, and just bring back, uh, just just flood our memories back of times where you have been faithful um, and uh, have promised to be faithful, God, so that we can hang on to those and put them into our foundation of faith, God. Um, And thank you for everyone here, and just bless this food to our body, and bless to thy service. In your name we pray, amen. amen. Amen.